Hey, what's happening to you guys? This is actually the Proclivity Podcast. And on the Proclivity Podcast, we focus on one thing, creating healthier bodies and happier lives. We do that by prioritizing your language and optimizing your nutrition. I am your host today, Joel Cochran. And before we get into our podcast today, I want to give a shout out to our sponsor, 8sleep. If you don't know what 8sleep is, is a revolutionary way to compress your sleep to be able to get deeper, more restorative sleep in shorter amount of time. If you are interested and you want to check this out, go to 8sleep.com. If you get to the checkout, you can put in Joel to be able to get a discount just for you. That's 8sleep.com. We're going to roll into our show today. And what we're going to be talking about is all kinds of self-development both within the realm of ourselves and where we're actually learning and growing from. Are we growing from the establishments of schooling? Are we growing from the from our peers? Are we growing with our family members? We're going to dive into all kinds of topics today, and this is going to be a juicy, juicy podcast. You are going to get all kinds of tidbits. I have my special guest today, Adam Chin. Adam Chin began working in the personal development field at the age of 23, 23, that's young guys, apprenticing under sales and attitude guru Jeffrey Gittimore for over five years. He's a writer, photographer, videographer, and co-founder of Procabulary. I want to introduce you to the show, Adam Chin. Adam, what's happening, man? Joel, I made it. Thank you. Dude, we're we're here and you are now in a new location. Now you've always been in Virginia and you talked to me before the show exactly where you're living and I want you to extrapolate a little bit about that because you you schooled me a little bit in terms of the history of uh the east coast and where you're living. Where are you living and what's what's the importance of where you're living? You've heard the importance of environment, correct, Joel? You know about this. Yes. Okay. Environment's a huge thing. Mm -hmm. So I moved away from Alexandria, Virginia, which is right across the river from the Potomac. Now, I'm actually a pretty new Virginia resident. Uh, My business partner and friend, Mark England, who you've interviewed before, he's a longtime Virginia guy. I'm an East Coast guy. Mostly, I grew up in North Carolina, South Carolina, right there in Charlotte on the border. And then uh, my wife's from Maryland. Long story short, we're right there in the mid-Atlantic. Um, back to the Alexandria thing and moving to this new place, you know, that's a big megapolis. It, millions of people, it's just sprawl, urban forever, very expensive, the weird DC culture. Uh, some people will know what I mean when I say that. Yes. And I went from that spot into a very quiet, secluded, beautiful spot in the mountains uh, Mm. near Shenandoah called Albemarle County. So I'm in a very beautiful secluded area and there's there's vineyards and there's breweries and there's cideries and there's equestrian events and there's 
uh, culture because you know, University of Virginia is 20 minutes away and I can go get Japanese ramen and yes. Korean food and everything else that I love. Uh, so uh, I love it, man. And, and it's made a massive, uh, it's improved my life in a lot of uh, intangible ways. It's quiet here when I go to sleep. We know as optimizers, we know sleep mm -hmm. is a big deal. Big time. So when I go to bed, it's quiet. I've got a rooftop. I can go up and look at the stars. And guess what? Are there any light pollution around here? There's none. Yeah. It's just stars. So that's beautiful. Uh, so there's so many reasons. I'll, I'll summarize it by saying it's a massive upgrade in my life, and I'm very excited to be here. Ah, oh, that's amazing. And where where were you coming from again? Alexandria, Virginia, Old Town, which is it's a beautiful spot. Old Town sure. is a very historic spot. There's lots of you know, all throughout Virginia, as an East Coast guy, you know, there's there's going to be um, a lot of colonial stuff, a lot of historical sites from early in the country's history. Yeah. Uh, Old Town has a lot of those. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's simply the D.C. thing. It's seven, I believe it's five of the seven or seven of the ten uh, most wealthiest counties, the most wealthy counties in the country surround the D.C. area. you got a lot of lobbyists. you got a lot of wow. defense contractors. You've got a lot of you know pharmaceutical uh, lobbyists, and that's a lot of money, right? So they yeah. just make these housing prices for a small little place. So you have like a thousand square foot apartment uh, that'll sell for eight hundred thousand dollars, right? So wow, uh, it, it attracts a certain type of person. I like this stuff more, so I'm mm. out. Gosh, I you know I'm heading out to Virginia next week, going to the lake house. I'm pumped to get out there and to be on the East coast and to be able to hang out. Um, I, I haven't been to the East coast in a while. And so I'm really looking forward to it. And I was sitting there going like, ah, maybe I just don't come back. Maybe I just don't come back. Maybe I'm just going to do a one way ticket and just see how things go. So you know what? You might see me, man. You might see me. It seems it's it's oddly seems like this is becoming a go-to spot for a lot of folks, and Mark has a lot to do with that. Mark's brought a lot of people in. You'll you'll meet them. There's going to be, depending on which weekend you're going to be there. I believe it's week one. Week one. You're going to yeah. meet twenty to twenty-five enlisted coaches, percabulary people, um, that you'll really vibe with. So uh, looking forward to seeing you there next week. Next week, just coming up. It's coming up. Yeah. So today, Adam, what, I, what I'm really excited about diving into is, is you've been in the self-development field for a very long time. And so this gets me all giddy inside because I love self-development. That's been part of who I am throughout my lifetime. And so to talk to anyone else who has the same passion in self-development, developing others, uh, developing yourself really gets me excited. So give us just a little background for some of the listeners that may not know who you are. Um, you got into the self-development field at a young age and you've continued down that route. So give us a little, just give a little quick little rundown. Why did you get into it and what's the importance of it to you? Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, a lot of people, they differ. They, they are different people than the people who raised them. Okay. It, it, would, would you say that's an accurate statement? Very. Okay. So... Uh, in my situation, uh, there's a lot of positive stuff that happened in my, you know, my, my nurturing environment. There's a lot of negative stuff. Sure. Okay. 
there's this process that happens when we're young in which we, we locate something and then we respond to it. You see it with movies or music, you know, if someone, you know, they, they, they see something, they identify something in what they like in it, and then they respond to it and they do it over and over again. And it's like, Hmm, that's my thing now. That's mm -hmm. my aesthetic or that's my, that's my jam. People say, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know, for me, um, I had a roommate in college, my last year of school, who just so happened to be my roommate. Like I was looking for someone and he was a little bit older. He was in uh, one of the bands um, at my school, like a big mm -hmm. band that, that played uh, with Hootie and the Blowfish. If any 90s people are yes, out there, yes. uh, he, he was uh, an opening act for those guys. Uh, long story short, I noticed something in him, I located something in his, his, his demeanor and how he responded to things. And he was just, just this jo jolly, sweet, happy guy. And if something were to happen, uh, like negative, something were to be a, an issue that day, his response generally was just, hey, yeah, this is good. We're gonna work this out. Yeah, it's good. And I, and I go, this is the first person that I've met and I've been around that has what, what I would have assumed to be a positive attitude. Right. Okay, I was 22, 21, 22. And I was yeah. like, this guy, is positive and i i was like i like this this is a good dude yeah and look, cut to say two years later i'm um i'm meeting jeffrey Gettimer, my my mentor for the first time he's bringing me in for an interview and he has the same thing but elevated to the next 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 level like you know something happens he's joking about it. he's smiling he's cracking a joke and, 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 and I'm like, this is, this is my guy. Yes. This is the people that I'm attracted to the people yes. that I want to be like yes. when I grow up, you know, yes. I was 22, 23 at the time. And, you know, and I, as I, I, I took the job and began working with Jeffrey, I, I would see him react to things that most people that I knew would, it would be a, a problem. He saw it as an opportunity or he would translate it situation into something very positive so for instance he would do let's say 160 days to 180 days on the road giving presentations at his peak the guy was 54 55 uh he he's traveling all the time he's working like a dog you know and i am in charge of producing some of the courses the online materials early on in the internet by the way we'll get we'll get we'll get into that later potentially but i'm in charge of that i get up in the morning at 6 a.m. and I knock on his door and I've got a little window with Jeffrey. It's like three or four hours where he can shoot. And I'm thinking this dude's been on the road for like a month straight. He's yeah. 55. There's zero chance that he's going to be happy about this. Yeah. Uh, apparently, I didn't know him very well because I knock on the door. He's sitting there at his computer. There's like one light on. It's dark. It's a winter morning. I, I I believe he's like in his whitey tighties because he lives upstairs, by the way, and yes. the studio's downstairs. So I, yes. I'm in the studio down there, and he comes and he goes, "Hello," and I go, "Yo, Jeffrey, man, sorry. I know I know you got a lot going on now. We have to shoot this morning. We promise we get this out." And he looks up and he goes, "Adam, yes, I'm gonna rock it, baby. I'll see you downstairs in five minutes." And I go. Man, that is a different human being, and I want that. And I'm yes. gonna, and, and you know, he made it a point to, to teach me over the years that that is something that you cultivate. That's right. That you're not born with a positive attitude. You you cultivate, you build that, 
And as he says to this day, I saw him, you know, a couple of weeks ago. And he goes, uh, you know, uh, he's like, Adam, I've been practicing my positive attitude for, for 60 years. I'm going to practice another 60 and see if it sticks. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, yeah. Anyways, Joel, that's, that was the origin of yes. that location yes. and then that identification, location, and then response. Like, that's what I want. And, you know, from that, from that point with Jeffrey in the positive attitude, I wanted, I wanted to know if there was more. And, uh, you know, my friend, uh, Mike Bledsoe, who you may know, you know, yep. Mike Bledsoe? Yep. Okay. Mike, um, is, was one of the guys that helped us start and lifted. And Mike said something really brilliant. Uh, he, he summarized it so brilliantly. He said, really personal development comes down to how it impacts our health our wealth and our relationships. Mm. This, you can really boil it down to that because everything we do is to facilitate better health, better wealth, better relationships. Mm -hmm. And of course, mm -hmm. me being half Chinese, I'm like, this is what my grandparents have been talking about forever. Um, is like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's it's. How does it impact those three areas? So I said, okay, now that I have the attitude, I'm going to go and I'm going to start exploring. And mm. you know, over the next decade. You know, in this in this period, I, I meet Mark from say twenty seven to thirty seven. I meet all these interesting people in the space of health. So when I met Mark, I met Mark at a uh, at a health and detox retreat in Thailand, where we don't eat for seven days. Okay, wow. you don't yeah. you, you go without food and you do yeah. crazy things like coffee kalimas, which are like enemas, but more crazy, uh, <laughs> drinking green juices and you know, raw garlic and all sorts of uh, you know, you do hippie stuff like didgeridoo healing and stuff like that. Long story short, it, it, it's, a, it's like, how do I integrate the fitness, the health? And then funny enough, I meet my wife at the same place and we've been married 13 years. No. So it's, yeah, it's, it's all this, all these, these things come together. And, you know, now that we're building this company, it's now taking those lessons and really applying them to the wealth part. So how do these, how do these things, uh, really coalesce and inform the health, wealth, and relationships of my life. That's been my journey uh, since 23 years old. Wow. I, I love the health, wealth, and relationship. That stuck with me big time. And, and just talking about Jeffrey in terms of like, not like, that, that he looks at it not a problem, but an opportunity. And I have found, Adam, that by replacing problem with opportunity, I'm, by, the, by the end of my sentence, I'm usually smiling. I get the opportunity to be able to fix my flat tire. And I just start smiling. I'm like, yeah, I do. I do. This is great. And people will look at me at times when I'm saying that, and they're like, you're insane. You've lost your mind. And I'm like, I get the opportunity. Like everything is an opportunity to to be able to look at something that most people would go, "Oh, dude, that sucks." And by just a quick flip of the switch, people go, "But look at that opportunity. I get to clean dog shit off the bottom of my shoe." Yes, I get that opportunity cuz I have a shoe and I get to walk. And so I'm going to clean it off and then I'm going to keep walking. Dude, and life is great. And that's the exception, not the rule. So you're like, I got dog shit on my shoe. Yeah. It's like, this is, this is an exception. Usually my shoe is clean. 
So th this helps paint the extremes, right? This is, this yeah. is, you know, like right now, as I mentioned before we started rolling, That's I've right. got this, uh, this, this deep muscle spasm in my shoulder. It's pinching a nerve and it's causing an imbalance, right? Yeah. So I've been in pain for three weeks. Okay. And just like that Jocko Willink track, have you heard that track, uh, by Akira the Don called good by Jocko Willink? No, no. I, I encourage Jocko. you and your listeners to go to Spotify, type in Akira the Don, AK. I R A the Don and look for the, it's the number one track I believe called good. It's Jocko Willink being his voice being mapped to a mix like uh, of beats. And he talks about exactly what you're saying there. Whenever one of these things happens, like my spasm in my shoulder and me being in pain for three weeks. Yeah. Good. You say the word good, good, good. Okay. Now I can understand. Now I can work on other things. Now I can correct this imbalance. Good. Now I can work more on band work. Good. Now I know what it's like. I can have empathy towards people who live in chronic pain. Good. Good. You know, mm. it's 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 a reframing device. Oh, and and there's so many people that are walking around that don't have that uh, ability, or they haven't learned it yet. They haven't developed it yet. And that's what's so passionate about the work that we do. I mean, when I step in to this realm of self-development, particularly after going through the Enlifted course, which I was telling you before we started, I've been on a path of self-development and taking inputs from many different facets and factors and paying my tuition in life. And But this brought me to the focus. And it was like the keys that unlocked everything. And now when I step in with any of my clients, I, with 100% certainty and full love in my heart, look at them and go, get ready because your life is about to change. It will not be the same because I know I have the tools to be able to reframe with you the way you think and the way the words that you say and how that will influence everything in your life. Well, I mean, why would large corporations and governments and, you know, all of these these sort of large influencing organizations, why would they invest billions in influencing how people frame and see the world through advertising, through public relations and things like that, if it were just simply a, a, a nicety, a nice to have? Yeah. No. Now, this is... It's once you realize that perception is reality and you can change the dial on the perception, you know, that's that, things get very strange. And that's what Mark and I, uh, and, and fun, by the way, strange and fun, yes. because that's the playfulness that Mark and I have brought to this is with the, we've, Mark was, Mark is such a brilliant guy because he's so simple. You know, he, he came to me with this very simple concept of there being this, these, these three types of words that people use to help essentially frame their existence, frame their perspective. Right. And we honed it and we crafted it. And we, we built it into this thing called vocabulary and now we call it, call it enlifted. And, you know, these tools, we use language. Languages are the Legos that we build the castle out of. Yeah. The Legos that we build the Harry Potter castle or the That's right. the, 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 the Avengers. Yeah. I'm going to the new Legos because when I was a kid, they were just so basic. There they were. Just, uh, the town yeah. and then there were yeah. the fire truck. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's there brick by brick. 
And so if you can if you can use those words to essentially construct your perspective of reality, uh, you start to see how the ch- the, the 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 choice the um, you could go as far as to say this is the free will aspect yeah. of how we, we map the world. And this is what Jordan Peterson talks about. Maps of meaning is one of his, his books, one of his densest books. And his the way in which he talks about it is mapping reality with our ideas, mapping our ideas to meaning. And this is very important stuff, and it's very deep. And sometimes all it takes is one simple word choice or one turn of a phrase to see how the way we were thinking about something was limiting or obstructing or sometimes making what we thought about into a funhouse mirror version of what it truly is. Yes, yes. It, and the the analogy that I use for for people is is if we if we had a, a like a laser. Right, that can travel, we'll say, a hundred miles. Right, really very powerful laser. And we have that laser, and it's right in front of a wall. It's right, right, right in front of us. And we just slightly move it to the right. It doesn't seem that it moves too much. But we take that wall out, and we allow it to go a hundred miles, and we're talking a massive difference. Slight change in direction, massive change in destination. And this is what I tell people all the time. Change it from, take one letter out. Go from can't to can. Just a pivot. In military terms, one mil. And you're hitting a completely (laughs) different target. It's completely different. And that's the stuff that's like, what, what are we doing here, guys? Like, just a slight change. Well, that's the that's that's a, a physical uh, example of what Einstein was saying that the most the most powerful force in the universe is compound interest. Yes. You know, if you hear that phrase, that, yeah. that quote from Einstein, yeah. mm-hmm. I mean, because when you look at, like you said, a millimeter here, you look at one percent interest or seven percent interest compounded yeah. you get it if, if there are people out there who've never played with a compound interest calculator oh type that into <laughs> into DuckDuckGo or google if you still use yeah. that yeah and click on it and put in 20 grand and then you add 10 grand every year and you put seven percent interest and if you in here's the here's the thing like you said with the millimeter it's time and space right so you shoot it and you, and you with with just like with uh, compound interest, time and space. Yeah. Forty years later, oh, that turns into that number. Oh, no wonder Einstein was so impressed with compound interest. Just like you said, one shift. So the compound interest of personal development is you just you. It's like it's not today. It's you do this a little bit every single day, and then you add that 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 component of time. Yes. You know, yes. and, and things get very different massively different and the the you know repetition is the mother of all skills right we've heard that before and i can't express that to people enough you've already been repping you're repping something today right now if you guys are listening you're repping something in your head in your life in your relationships in your wealth in yourself and you are repping it over and over and over and over again 
what if we do the one mil, the one slight change, and we rep it there, and then we allow time to compound that? Like Adam's saying, holy F, your life will be completely different. And that's why, Adam, I can say with full confidence when I, when I coach people, your life is literally going to change. I'm 100% certain of it. Say goodbye to your old life. This is going to be a game changer. And that's why after going through and lifted, my business went <laughs> shot through the freaking air. Because I, I shifted. I shifted one mil, right? And, and then brought people with me. I mean, amazing stuff. Well, that's that's one of the, the the ways in which we're we're pitching and lifted for coaches now is we're we're really dialing into this concept. I was at a men's retreat in at Martha's Vineyard uh, two months ago, uh, hosted by a friend of mine. He, you'll meet Ryan Sprague at the at the Unlifted retreat here cool. in Virginia next week. But I was there two months ago, and this guy Joe, who I met, uh, he pulls me aside. We're on the ferry or the ferry, as they say up there. And we're going across to the island and he goes, uh, he's been a coach for almost 20 years, 15, 20 years. And he goes, do you, he's like, do you know what the, the, the one, the one key to coaching is? And I go, well, I have some, some keys cause I run this business. And he goes, well, no, there is one key as far as I'm concerned. And he goes, the key to coaching is what does your client believe? And he goes, because I've taught clients a lot of things as a physical coach. He's yeah. done a lot of practices. He's had a lot of goals, uh, different goals that clients have had, weight loss, weight gain, you know, more flexibility, more power, et cetera. He's like, but it comes down to what do they believe about themselves? So how do they see the world? Right. How do they see themselves in that world? And if you can, and so every coach, the way we're pitching it now is every coach, whether you're a nutrition coach, a a finance coach, a life coach, whether you're a leader in your business uh, or with your family, you're a, you're a mindset coach, whether you want it to be or not. That's right. Like that is, that's a hundred percent because you've got two, you've got two things that you're up against. You're up against whatever the goal that, that your client is stating overtly mm -hmm. to you. Mm -hmm. And then you have the, the mindset, the belief system, you know, the story as we call it, uh, and right. lifted of, of what got them there in the first place. Right. So that has to be changed. Are you, do you see it the same way, Joel? Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, what, what I compare it to for, for me in my realm, you remember the, uh, back in the day when they had the food pyramid and carbohydrates were at the bottom. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Right. When I talk to people, people aren't going through, they don't feel good. And that could be physically, mentally, emotionally, right, spiritually. One of the first things that they tend to put at their base of their pyramid is getting back into fitness. I got I to gotta get back into the gym. I, you know, I just got to, this is the direction I need to go. And I looked at it and I went, no, this is upside down. Because actually at the base of the, the pyramid should be our language, should be our story work. What are we saying every single day that's taking us to our destination? And that's how I, I look at when it comes to anything is if you, you can take, this is an example of maybe somebody who struggles with nutrition. You can take the kid out of the candy store, but you can't necessarily take the candy store out of the kid unless that story is unwound. 
So sure, go do a fitness program, go do your nutrition, go do, but if you still believe you're that kid in the candy store, well, do as much as you want. Continue to be on the perpetual wheel of chasing to lose weight or keep it off, or you find the story and you get off the wheel, and then that changes everything. Yeah, that's a great point, Joel. Uh, I, and I, I do agree in a lot of cases because, you know, there's there's weight loss clients oftentimes like if, if they believe that hey, I'm over forty now, I'm gonna I'm gonna be struggling with weight my entire life. If that's the story, if that's the baseline belief system, uh, you know, it's gonna happen very likely. Yeah. Like yeah. you know, it's a, it's gonna be a, a self fulfilling prophecy. Right. Now I will push back because I've I've sold language yes. uh, trading uh, for five six years now, and there is this phenomenon uh, that people buy results. Yeah. Okay. That's how we're trained as consumers. And you could even say that that's the way we were prior to the whole right. you know, consumption mentality that we've entered into in the past hundred and 150 years. Right. Let's say we, we buy results, but we stay for the process. So, so the, the language part is a process, uh, to me as a process based, uh, practice, and fitness is too, but language certainly, and it's deeper. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's why you have to show, you know, you think of the weight loss ads and it's always before and after it's yeah, like, that's, that's right. what gets people excited. Cause when they, when they're beginning, they yeah. want that. Now, yeah. once they're in a little while and they start to get experience of what that process is like, and they understand that the process actually is the thing that gives them that feeling of fulfillment yeah. and that feeling, feeling of have, do, make, doing something worthwhile, then they're in. But at the beginning, as a coach, I'm always uh, people will ask me in the community, you know, what 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 I lead with with story work, and I say, don't sell story work. Mm -hmm. Sell whatever it is that you do, and then you plug in the story work in the background. That's right. You plug in the language work in the background yep. because that'll differentiate you. Yeah. But most people out there aren't coming to you saying, "Hey, change my language." No, 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 no. They want to again health, wealth, relationships. That's they right. want to look sexy. They want to, they want to be rich and they want to be loved, yeah. you know, yeah. and that's, that's what people are coming at you for. So, yeah. and, and, and to just add one more point about that, uh, I studied acting for a while as, as someone who's a big cinema lover, I wanted to know more about the, what I was watching mm -hmm. from a craft. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And when I found out that there, that there are two primary schools of acting, you may have heard uh, one called the method school, method mm -hmm. acting. You may have yeah. heard that before. Uh, and then there's the more traditional stage acting that comes out of uh, the UK and, and Europe. Um, and the thing that to make them to make a very simple uh, uh, breakdown of how each are different, I would say that the method acting is more from the inside out. So it's what yeah. you're talking about. Language is at the most important part. So for that right. kind of actor, say a Marlon Brando or Robert De Niro, you have to really feel all the feelings of the character. And if you can feel them and understand them on a deep level, mm. then you can mm. project out and that will inform how you do. Then you can understand how they manipulate the world around them and how they right. speak and how they move. But then there's the Johnny Depp's of the world uh, and the Johnny Depp's of the world are more traditional in their style. They're like, give me the makeup, give me the hat, give me the outfit. And I will, in that space, I will find the character. So mm -hmm. that I'm outside in. So I, I actually think that your point about the coaching from the inside out, I, I would like to try it concurrently. Yeah. See which one they respond to. Sometimes they'll get fit 
and then that'll that will help their attitude and sometimes they have to improve the attitude to get fit so i i would say it's some sort of mix is that helpful at all it, it, no it, it it is and i i guess i should you know uh you know finish with the the thought process of like the I, I being in the the fitness field, Adam, for so long, you know, for ten, 10 years, loved what I did, you know, still love what I do. I help people, and this that's what I said earlier in the podcast: create healthier bodies and happier lives. That engulfs a lot of different things, and being able to pivot, whether when I take on a new client that really wants to get into nutrition, great, let's get into nutrition, and then I'm gonna always be sliding in some language, right? Let's get into fitness. I, I'm going to be sliding in some language here. And what they end up starting doing is they start pivoting there. And we we have uh, what's called the proclivity method where we we focus on the nutrition and being able to optimize your nutrition and prioritize your language. So at first people are like, eh, I'm, prioritizing, eh, I'm coming from the nutrition. But then when we have our meetings each week and I'm doing things like, hey, let's, do, let's take can't from can. And their eyes get big and they go, what the? Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyways, nutrition, nutrition. Tell me about nutrition. And then then (laughs) the next week we go from should to could to can and they go, Oh man, wow. That really lights me up. That makes a lot of sense. And we start getting deeper into that. They, then they start really leaning in and going like, yeah, yeah, no, I I want the nutrition, but I also want to know what's the next language game we're going to do. How am I going to be able to continue becoming the, the person that I want to become and in this method that that we've created we now will have people that come in with nutrition but we just are finishing up another group and one's talking about you know uh completing the fastest uh triathlon sprint triathlon time that they've ever done another one's talking about how they put in uh, job applications to different careers because they know what their self-worth is you know another one is planning on leaving and going to the east coast first time at 50 years old you know like yeah we started off with nutrition but it opened the doors for them to start believing in themselves and uh, talking positively about themselves and changing that direction and and it's been really good you know what? I want to riff on that for a sec because Let's again, come for the results, stay for the process. Yeah. Okay. So I just hired up another another project that I'm doing. I hired a designer uh, based in Quebec, and he's really good. He's very good. Mm-hmm. I had to get approval to get the budget in because he is expensive. Yeah. And the thing that got him in the door for the people to say yes was the results. They looked at his portfolio. Like, yeah. This guy is obviously great. Yeah. But he's now he's in the he's in with the company and we're going through a lot of interesting things in terms of his process that we we weren't expecting right mm. i mean i was these guys this is their first time working with a designer at this level sure. and the process is a lot of discovery there's a yeah. lot of let's tell let's let's talk about if this company were an animal what kind of animal would it be let's yeah. talk about if you know and they name some colors and let's let's go through an exercise and we we talk about emotion let's talk about if if they were family members, how they would you would describe this company, cool. and it's a it's a very broad process, and it, it it allowed us to get to a deeper realization of what this company uh, must represent in the marketplace, both internally in terms of how they communicate through marketing, but also visually through the design process. So that again is another example of come for the results, stay for the process. You meet this super hot person out, uh, you know, on a date. Oh man results yes. you know 
that you realize that when you're with this person, your life is better and you can improve their lives and you really love their company and they love your company. Yeah. That's where that's process, right? So, and that's in a relationship. So I, I believe that phenomenon exists throughout a lot of, of life. Gosh, that is, that's a really good reflection. Um, thinking about that, I, I mean, I, my mind was, is on that knowing like as a guy who's always done marketing and stuff, it's like, what are people seeking for? What's the outcome they're looking for? And how, how do I present that to them? So they're interested enough to want to talk to me, but putting it that way, I've come for the results, stay for the process, man. That, I mean, that's, I like that. I like it. I like it a lot. That's yours. You can take that one. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Boom. You guys are going to hear me say it again. It's uh, approved by, by Adam Chin. It's in. It's in. Um, one of the things I want to talk about, and I know we got, we got about another five minutes, so we'll, we'll dive into this just a little bit. Just a little bit. Talking to Mark. He kept saying to me, hey, you got to ask Mark or Adam. It's the difference between school and schooled. And I'm like, well, what's schooled? And he's like, you just got to ask him. You just got to ask him. We come, most of us, come from the, the structure of, of school in terms of being able to have some self-development, so on and so forth. So I'm very interested. I have no idea what that means. But I wanted to throw it out there and see if there's any, any hook or anything that, that we can learn from you when it comes to that. All right, I'll make this as fast as I can. I realize we've got a few minutes. Okay, so let's, let's start here. Uh, the reason that we're all into this space, meaning personal development, and, and I mean, that's, let's call that the umbrella term, right? Underneath that is learning about finance and, and, and financial education and being a better investor, being you know, better at generating income and, and keeping it. Um, there is a element uh, that is, again, that's wealth, health, fitness, nutrition, you know, how do we stay healthy? How do we optimize our health? Yeah. How do we, we, we intelligently uh, regain our health if we've lost it? Okay. And then relationships. How do we relate to other people? How do we become more relatable, a better friend, uh, a better family member, uh, a, a better partner in our uh, romantic lives? Um, now. Each of those three things that I, I mentioned, um, I would say collective uh, hours that you learned about those things in school. Mm -hmm. um, most of us would say, I mean, let's, formally, I mean, I, that's what I mean, versus you just happen to learn those things. A yeah. formal education, I'd say zero hours, right? There's very little very uh, well. talk of, uh, of optimum relationships, optimum wealth, and optimum wellness, unless you count PE, okay? Um, so what I was listening to a show, a podcast, a year, three, four years ago now, and, and there was a, a guy um, on there who was talking about how um, in the 1800s, I believe, this is in the feudal, okay, this is, in the, this is like post-feudal Europe, essentially. If you know much about Napoleon and how Napoleon rose up mm -hmm. and, and Napoleon, what he did, one of the things he did that made his, his reign so unique and so formidable was that he, for the first time in a feudal system, in a feudal continent, was willing to give every citizen in his country, every person, and citizen's even a, a word that I'm, I'm unsure that they use, but every man that was capable, he would give them a gun and put them in the army 
Thus, he could lose 10,000 men in a battle when 10,000 men oftentimes made up the entirety of one's army right. in those days. So right. he could, even though these, these guys were ill-trained, they were, eh, they, they, they were iffy, you still have to go through 10,000 guys with guns yeah. okay, in each battle. And he could lose them. He could replace them the next day. Well, why didn't other fiefdoms or feudal uh, areas do that uh, right. you know the ottoman empire and things like that or previous to the ottoman empire uh, these, these small feudal systems why didn't they do that why didn't kings and, and and dukes and regents arm their people well because like well why would i give them guns right? yeah. they're gonna shoot them back at me right yeah, yeah, yeah. and in fact when they did give them guns to try to combat some of napoleon's earlier efforts they would run away they just the battle's turning south a little bit and it's like well this isn't my land i work this guy's fields yeah you know and so the, 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 the Germans, this is around uh, mid-1800s, I believe, or late, maybe, maybe it was like 1830, 1840. I have to go back and look at my dates. They decided in order to have a chance against this and any future Napoleon or any future Napoleon type, we're going to have to arm our populace, right? We're going to have to make them so that they will stay on the battlefield, right? Yeah. So... And they said, well, how are we going to do that? Well, he's like, we got, we got to, you, you, you tell the older guys, and the older guys, anybody over 20, they realize that they're just working the fields. Okay. They're going to turn tide. Well, we have to get them young. We have to get the people when they're young. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And we got to convince them that this is their country. This is their land. Because if they don't, because if not, they're going to leave. Okay. So they worked on it. How do we create a system to indoctrinate young people, let them know that this is this, they have to fight for this. This is their home. Okay. They, they worked on it and they, they figured out the plans and they made it compulsory and they called it school. Okay. That was what they called it. And then all the founders in this country of the public school system, the John Dewey's, the, 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 the I'm trying to, the names escape me right now, but you can read, uh, there's a guy named John Taylor Gatto. Uh, who won Teacher of the Year in New York uh, two straight years? When, by the way, that never happens. Okay, he's the only guy that's done it. He's got a series of books, uh, including one called Weapons of Mass Instruction, that talk about this phenomenon. You know, of the schools being indoctrination systems. You know, you got you have a young mind for eight for for twelve years. Okay, you've got right. grades one through twelve. You have kindergarten. You know, why is it that we have to do all this re-education and all this and all this studying afterwards to learn things that actually improve our lives? Right. You know, unless you're an engineer or, you know, a scientist, sure. chemist, you know, uh, what's what's the point? OK. Yeah. Uh, and the point is, is that, you know, we want to create um, consumers. We want to create uh, indoctrinated people who do what they're told. And we want to create people who can work in factories. Right. And. Uh, you know, that may sound conspiratorial loony, or Looney Tunes to some of your uh, listeners, but I, I challenge you to think about it. Yeah. You know, imagine if you had to start, you, you had to create school from the ground up. Um, what would you fill it with? You know, what, how would you, would you, would you, would you literally use the same buses that they use for the, for the, for the prisons? You, you watch a prison bus go by. It's the same bus that they use for school. Right. Right. You know, I mean, would, would you use this industrialized architecture? Would you put them in? in a cage where they're literally they, they, there's cement uh, buildings in which they have to stay in their seats and have to ask to use the restroom and, to, and they're sit, seated all day long and they eat junk food at lunch and then they and they're and they're subjected to violence. There's there is a lot of studies that suggest that the only time 
99% of the populations that will ever be subjected to physical violence will be in a school building. Okay. I believe that. So it's, it, it, there are, what is the purpose of this? And if you're, if the purpose is to create uh, optimum, optimum human beings and to, to, to get the greatest impact out of each and every one of us, then this is failing miserably. And uh, this is why I believe school, certainly um, public school has to be reimagined uh, um. immediately. Uh, so anyways, that's my diatribe. Yeah. I'm happy to, uh, to, to get pushback from that, from a lot of, uh, of your, of your listeners who, who, by the way, a lot of our enlisted coaches are educators. They work in schools totally. and they see a lot of the problems, yeah. if not more problems. So, yeah. uh, yeah. I'm, I'm happy to, uh, to feel that discussion and, and to, to generate some sort of conversation around that. If that, uh, comes across as too, too loony tunes for some of you. Ah, uh, and you know what? That's a perfect lead in so that I can bypass this over to you how do people get a hold of you if uh, they want to dive more <laughs> into and there's also one of the things i want to talk about is i do want to talk about vocabulary Pro real quick and also the the app that you are developing that th this is really i mean talk about you know self-development school you're giving a platform for people to be able to learn and self-develop quickly effectively and efficiently so Give, give us, hey, how do we get a hold of you? Tell us a little bit about vocabulary. We'll wrap this thing up. Okay. Well, uh, vocabulary, you can find us at vocabulary.org.org. Um, you can go to enlifted.me if you're a coach, and you can learn how to get certified by Mark England himself as an enlifted practitioner, as a coach. So if you're a leader or if you're a fitness coach, if you're a nutrition coach, if you're a uh, financial advisor, whatever, whenever, if you're working with people so that they can improve their lives and change their behavior, this is a fantastic certification to Agreed. go through. Agreed. And Mark is going to put you through the same tools that you're going to learn. So you're going to experience the same transformation that they will. Okay. So then yeah. that's, that could be quite powerful. There's a lot of tears, a lot of laughs, oh, yeah. a lot oh, yeah. of tears too. Oh, yeah. Uh, as you know, Joel, mm -hmm. uh, and then as far as finding me specifically, um, you can go on Instagram. I'm, you know, as a Gen Xer, uh, social media, eh, I, I have one account that I check semi-regularly and that is Instagram. And you can find me at, at Adam S as in Sam Chin. That's my Instagram handle. And I will occasionally check those messages and, and, and likes and shout outs. Uh, otherwise, at Enlifted Coaches, that's where you're going to find um Kimberly, our, our fantastic community manager, she's going to forward all sorts of inform information and requests uh, to you if you have them about what we do. I love it. I love it. You guys, I can speak firsthand to what Adam and Mark have built in the three months that I was going through the program. Not only did I have incredible self-development, but it gave me the exact tools I needed to triple, triple my income. I triple my income in one month, being <laughs> taking the tools that Mark taught me in and lifted, applying them, and then selling them. So if you are a coach, if you are a CEO, if you are a teacher, if you are a human being with a heartbeat and you want to triple your outcome, 
this is the place to go, guys. I have done a lot, over $20,000 of, of self-development coaching in the last year. This is the bee's knees. Don't miss out on this opportunity. Get to Inlifted, get to Procabulary, reach out to Adam, reach out to Mark England. It's 11 o'clock. It's time to roll, Adam. Thank you, Joel. Thank you so much for being part of our community, and thank you for having me on the show. It was my pleasure. I would love to have you on again, and uh, good luck uh, the rest of the day and, and settling into the new home. Absolutely. I'll see you next week. I'll see you next week. See you, brother.